Welcome to Let's Talk Land, a weekly land education talk show devoted to learning about land and farms, buying and selling, and ownership, especially for real estate agents and realtors. Hey, learn from the expert, guys. This is free land education, kind of hard to come by. Hi, my name's Lou Jewell, and I'm an accredited land consultant, broker owner of Land Pro Real Estate, along with my co-host this morning, Teresa Martin. Good morning, Teresa. Hello. How are you today? I'm great. Boy, I got we got a great, great show today. I'm excited. Me too. Our office is at 207 East Main Street in downtown Pilot Mountain, North Carolina. We serve all of your real estate needs in western Piedmont, North Carolina, and southern Virginia. Just give us a shout. Hey, we'll help you out. Uh, next Saturday in Pilot Mountain, we're going to have an open house on our new office. And uh, it's the uh, monthly car show, eight to 10,000 people, all these cars up and down the street. And we got some stuff for the kids. This is um, from uh, 2 o'clock to uh, 6, I believe, something like that. I mean, we'll be there all day. So uh, come down to 207 East Main Street in Pilot Mountain and say hello. We'll show our office off. All of our shows are dedicated to the Realtors Land Institute staff and members, and our national website is www.rliland.com. Now, listen to me. If you're thinking about investing in land or selling your land, go to that website. We have 18 members, 1,800 members out of 1.5 million realtors. There's no land education. We are the specialists. And our designation, which I'm proud to carry, is the accredited land consultant designation. And there's 600 of us in the United States. So uh, we're real specialists in what we do. But go to that website, find the nearest member or ALC in your area, contact them. You'll be glad you did. Hey, we'd like to thank our sponsor, LandHub.com. Buying or selling land, LandHub is the place to be. Teresa, our guest host today, who you know very well, is Sonia Howell with, with Go Rants. Good morning, Sonia. Hey, good morning, Lou. You have a great guest you're going to be interviewing today. Teresa and I are going to sit in the back seat and, um, and, and let you do the show. This will be your second guest host show. Um, and tell us, about yes. your, tell us about your guest and welcome. Well, I got to speak with Jeanette a little bit through some introductions locally of some local members actually here in the Bernie, Texas area. And uh, I got to speak with Jeanette about, oh, I think it was in late April. And the program, their program and their resources for, for veterans is amazing. So let me tell you just a little bit about Jeanette. The first part of the show, we're going to, she's going to help us with the Farmer Veteran Coalition background. The second 15-minute segment, we're going to hear more from her and how she was uniquely prepared for her role. And... Then the final 30 minutes, we're going to talk about her, her upcoming stakeholders conference and some of the special programs. And if you're in real estate and you have an opportunity to serve a veteran, you just need to know about these resources. So here's a little bit about Jeanette. She is the executive director of the Farmer Veteran Coalition. Her passion and life experiences have uniquely prepared her to lead that organization. She was born in Wiesbaden, Germany, while her father served in the U.S. Air Force, and she was raised on her family's multi-generational farm in Erie, Pennsylvania. Jeanette spent multiple decades in agriculture financing. She also co-founded and served as the chief.
Chief Strategic Officer for Global Water Innovations, a desalinization technology company that creates innovative water solutions for the agricultural sector. Now, prior to this, Jeanette was the principal for California Food and Agribusiness Advocates, whose mission was to improve policy decisions for farmers. So, without any more delays, welcome, Jeanette. Thank you very much, Lania. And so yes, please go on and tell us a little bit about the Farmer Veteran Coalition. And by the way, if anyone wants to join along on their website, it's farmer or it's farmvetco.org. Farmvetco.org. Okay, Jeanette, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Sonia. So um, welcome to Farmer Veteran Coalition. We're going to talk a little bit about who we are, where we started, and probably I'm, I'm guessing that many of you know about us. We have 36,000 members across the United States, and we've actually started developing chapters in many of the states. But we started way back in 13 years ago in 2009 um, when we had some um, veterans coming home, uh, exiting the military, and they were having a hard time with their transition into civilian life. Um, actually, Michael O'Gorman was our founder, um, and he had three mothers who had sons that were greatly affected uh, in their service, and they were really searching for a new purpose um, in life and looking for new opportunities. And they really felt that farming would allow them to have the physical um, aspect that they enjoyed in the military, and then there would be psychological benefits from it as well. And so um, the Farmer Veteran Coalition was launched uh, in Davis, California. Uh, recently, we have moved it also uh, opened a second office in Waco, Texas, uh, and that is as of this month. So um, we are basically take, uh, there's about 200,000 veterans annually exiting out of the military, and they need to figure out what the next step is for them. We try to introduce them to careers in the agricultural sector, as well as starting their own farms and ranches. And so uh, we have a number of programs, which we'll get into later, that help achieve that uh, goal. But we, um, we do have uh, a number, I'll get basically a number of basic steps that we do. So think about when you start a farm, uh, what you have to do. You have to learn how to farm. You have to understand the finances. You have to, there's the technical aspect with um, understanding what you can grow on the soil and the water that you have. Um, there's putting together a business plan, uh, get, obtaining financing. Um, you know, there's sometimes training and apprenticeship and internship programs. Um, so there's a, a lot of, of a lot to it. Um, one thing we have learned from the very beginning is that working with animals and working with soil is just very healing uh, for many of our veterans. But... The real issue with the transition and why we are so successful and have been around for so long 
and have had so many people excited about our mission and mobilizing our veterans to feed America is that um, the real issue is just the transition. So if you think about this for a minute, we take a lot of our guys and, and gals come from rural America, and maybe they um, there were no jobs in their area or their farm wasn't large enough to support another family. So they, they went into the military, and they've exited the military, and they want to go back to that way of life, but they're going to have to start their own operation. But when people go in the military, when they go in the boot camp, they're sort of stripped down as individuals and made to be a team. And in being a team, that's how they survive, through everything that they need to do um, and, and protect each other in their service to our country. But when they separate... There's a huge loss, um, and uh, there's this feeling of abandonment and isolation, and and that just that piece of the transition it is what is so hard for many of our veterans. Yes, there are some that have um, PTSD, um, traumatic brain injury, military sexual trauma, but the the percentage of those overall are compared to the overall veterans is small. And there's programs set to, uh, aside to help with those. And we have some of those programs too. But the bulk of ours is to, is to help folks through the transition and then our, our chapters that we have in each of the states helps build that camaraderie, um, that brotherhood, sisterhood uh, that they had. They help each other, lift each other up in their New farming experiences, they help each other out if their tractor breaks. We've, we've taken the country and divided it into 10 regions. And these regions basically, um, they're growing the same crops, they'll have the same pest pressures, the same weather situations, the same trade issues. And so the states in, the, in those regions really come together and they do have this network and they lean in on each other and they're able to go f further um, in, in, in their beginning farming and ranching phase, which the USDA says is the first 10 years of their, their business operations. So there's that piece of it, which is starting your operations and growing it and your sales and, and, and market access and food safety. There's that whole piece and, and the mentorship and the camaraderie that we build but then there's also the people who maybe they don't want to take the risk of, of, of farming, but they want to be in the agricultural sector. We have great veterans leaving the military who have very technical uh, expertise in uh, logistics, drone flying, uh, you know, just compliance, uh, you know, just computers. I mean, look at Precision Ag in America today. Uh, it's, there's a lot of robotics being introduced, and we need people with these skill sets in the agricultural sector. So we do help. Um, we have a lot of agricultural agribusiness companies looking for members who can help uh, fulfill these needs, um, especially in the water uh, sector, because we have, uh, just like the aging, the population for farmers is aging, 
the population for um, purveyors, for irrigation districts, uh, the people who have certification to run the pumps, um, they're aging too. And so we're constantly needing new people to learn these skills, to keep producing the food, to keep feeding America and having the national security um, by having our own domestic food supply. So I will tell you one little story here before the end of the segment is during the pandemic, it was our, our growers' uh, importance came to the forefront. When people really went into the grocery stores and saw empty shelves, there was a little bit of a panic. Um, they didn't realize where their food came from, and it was their neighbors right down the street. There was a huge push for local food movement, um, for online sales. And, you know, our, our guys were there, the small to medium-sized farmers. Some of our farmers are large. We have all sizes. We have farmers that grow indoors uh, in hydroponics, aquaponics. Uh, I call it the growing square feet, up to 25, 3,000 acres. So we have all sizes of farms. We have everybody growing everything from Christmas trees to fish farms to uh, heirloom tomatoes and heritage livestock and honeybees. And it's the diversity is just amazing. Um, and we support all growing methods. We support uh, anything that puts food on the table. Uh, and, that's, and that's our goal. Um, but we just have some incredible... Uh, veterans out there, and and many of them are growing food to donate to food banks. And we are we even have a project where we work with USOs throughout the country, and we donate food because there are many that live in base in or around bases in areas that are high um, has a high cost of living, and there's a high level of food insecurity. So the veterans take care of their own, and they help donate food uh, to those folks there as well. So that's sort of who we are, um, what we're trying to do as a, as a community of, of veterans who, you know, really serve the country um, twice, once by defending it and then uh, the second time by feeding it. Hey, our guest today is, uh, our guest host is Sonia Howell with Geo Ranch, and her guest today is Janet Lumbo with the Veteran, Farmer Veteran Coalition. This is Let's Talk Land. We'd like to thank our sponsor, LandHub.com, viewing thousands of properties for sale at LandHub.com. All right, we're in the second segment with Jeanette Lombardo of the Farmer Veteran Coalition. And now we're going to hear from her and about how her experience in advocacy and also in state and federal levels really positioned her perfectly for where she is now and where she can take the organization. So tell us more, Jeanette. Well, it's an interesting story. Um, I was, as you mentioned earlier, I was born in Wiesbaden, Germany, because my dad was serving uh, in the Air Force. We came back uh, to the country. We went back to near our family farm in Pennsylvania um, and basically grew up in that area. Uh, went, went off to college at Embro University and Cal State University, Fullerton. And then, you know, got married. And uh, I was married to my uh, ex 
the now ex-husband was in the army, and uh, we we moved. Uh, so Pennsylvania, California, Tennessee, New York, New Mexico, Michigan, Colorado. Uh, now I'm in Texas. So I've gotten to see quite a bit of the country and traveled a lot and um, met a lot of great people. Um, as of first as an agricultural lender. Um, and then about in the market crashed in 2008. And, uh, you know, went to work one day, thought we were going to just have a regular meeting, and they let half the bank go um, into a, a market where there was no uh, there were hiring freeze happening. And so I said, you know, I think I want something a little more stable. If I'm going to work this hard, I'm going to work for myself. So I started California Food and Agribusiness Advocates, uh, which was an advocacy agency. Um, prior to starting that, I had had a state appointment by then California Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger to the LA Regional Water Quality Control Board. And so I was over water quality for um, like 98 cities. There was 88 in the LA County area and 10 in Ventura County area. So really got to understand water um, and many of the issues around uh, water, especially for agricultural uh, use um, at that point. And also started, met up with a group called California Food and Agribusiness, I'm sorry, California Women for Agriculture. And that group um, really made me who I am today. Um, they taught me uh, how to advocate, it's starting at the local level, at the Board of Supervisors, uh, to the state level, uh, to the federal level, on different issues that affect agriculture, whether it's water or land use, property rights, um, you know, anything, air quality, pest management, I mean, you just name it, the list goes on and on um, that farmers have to deal with on a, a daily basis. And so as I, I grew in that advocacy journey, um, I would would get new appointments. I, my first federal appointment was to the USDA um, Foreign Ag Services Division. I sat on an Ag Technical Advisory Committee for Trade and I worked under the category of fruits and vegetables. Um, and so basically worked on trade policy for fruits and vegetables uh, with the, the Secretary of Ag uh, and the trade ambassador. And we worked on the Food Safety Modernization Act under Obama. And my current appointment is with the US EPA. I sit on the Farmer, Rancher, and Rural Communities Committee and we work on uh, holistic pesticide programs. We work on dealing with food waste. And of course, I was on the committee for water quality and quantity. Um, why I was running my advocacy company, I, um, we had a thing in California called the Sustainable Groundwater Management Act, which deeply affected the value of land. Um, they were trying to balance all the basins, and there's only two ways to do that, demand and supply. Um, many sections of the basin didn't have access to imported water, so that meant cutting demands. And some of the farmers would lose 45% of their allocation 
in water, which means we were going to have a lot of fallowed land, which in California meant um, valley fever that that lives in the soil. So there was uh, public health issues. Any of the current um, water treatments were too costly for agriculture. They, you know, desalinization was at 2,100 bucks an acre foot. So we looked um, to try to find solutions that would fit uh, agriculture and the crops that farmers were growing. Um, there wasn't any out there, so we created, uh, started to create some working with uh, the National Alliance for Water Innovation out of Lawrence Berkeley National Labs. Um, and we continue to do that. I, we started Global Water Innovation, uh, and we have created uh, new technology, run pilots, and we're doing installs on patented and proven technology now. So we're starting to see that um, you know, creating like oil-produced water uh, desalinization water uh, to be used on crops to solve that issue. Um, but as things happen with that legislation that passed in 2014, uh, you have to deal with adjudications and basins being uh, ending up in court for years and years and years. Um, and so why that was going on and COVID hit, and I got a call from a recruiter that said, hey, um, there's this great job that you'd be perfect for uh, because of my ag and my veteran background. And I, he didn't tell me there was 300 applicants for the job. Wow. <laughs> but uh, seven interviews later, I ended up getting the job. Um, and that was all those interviews were done through Zoom. Um, never met my board of directors until actually my um, some of them until my second conference, which was in uh, last November in Tennessee. So, yeah, no, just a different situation, but it really took everything that I am um, and utilizes it to its fullest capability. And it allows me to use my, my banking, my nonprofit, um, volunteer work, um, my agricultural background, my banking background, and really um, not only build our national nonprofit, but help our chapters in each of our states get stood up and doing us all working on our mission together in unison. And we've seen tremendous growth. We've added 10,000 members in the last 18 months. And we're really at a turning uh, phase in our organization as far as um, going from a small, mostly California-centric to a national to now like a, a truly national organization with chapters. So it's very exciting, and I'm glad to be at the forefront of it all. That is incredible growth, Jeanette. What do you attribute that kind of increase to you know, over just the last 18 months? I will have to say partnerships um, and proven programs that work. Um, we do what we say we're going to do when we say we do it on time and under budget, and that's important. Um, and we've made such an impact on so many people's lives, and they tell us every day, and they show us by 
um, helping support some of our programs that help other veterans that are coming up behind them. Um, you know, we have a lot of veteran service organizations who partner with us on grants, but also, um, you know, they list us in their, their publications. And, but as many people that know about us, there's a lot that don't still. And, you know, and, and I'll go and I'll be speaking at different functions and people will pull me aside and say, oh, I have a nephew that just got out and he's having a hard time transitioning. And I think this would be a good fit for him, you know, and, you know, and, and they'll introduce us and we'll do all we can to help them, um, you know, get their operations up and going. So it's, um, it's very rewarding. And my employees are just incredible. They have such a passion for this. And it's, um, you know, there's sometimes there's, there's lots of tears in the office. There's good tears and bad tears, but it's every day. It's it's really it's a really good feeling to go home when you go. Well, and I I'm also curious as to why the move to Waco. So we chose we well, we were looking to expand, and it was clear from our numbers we needed to be more in a central time zone. Uh, so we started looking. Um, the top three states for veterans is California, Texas, and Florida. And then we looked where we had the most members. We looked where we were getting the most support um, as far as donations and where there was the most um, land, you know, that could be put into agricultural production. So we were keeping the office in California. We still have staff there. We have a lot of grants and programs we're doing there. But this is our our next expansion, and I can even see in a few years down the road another expansion to an office on somewhere on the east coast. So we have quite a few chapters up in the north uh, northeast, um, and this and and I just I see that as a natural um, progression. So our our grant department and our marketing department in Davis, California, our um, admin and our um, program um, are here in, in Waco, Texas now. So, yeah, well, that's yeah, that's great. Welcome to Texas, as I as I said earlier. It's a fairly recent move for you, isn't it? Yes, I actually just landed on Saturday. So. <laughs> um, well, yeah, not unpacked yet, but already receiving. Um, uh, visiting the local veterans hospital and the um, Waco's the home of the Texas Farm Bureau, um, as well as SpaceX, and there's quite a few military bases around, and it's central uh, to all of Texas, so it should be uh, a good location for us. It's a great city, no yep. doubt. Teresa or Lou, do you have any questions for Jeanette before oh, we Teresa, go to the break? Teresa's sitting over here with bated breath. Well, I have been sitting here looking at the website, and I'm I'm just astonished. This is this is a really cool thing that you have done. That you guys, I'm I'm so glad that Sonia that you bought her own to get the word out about this. I think this farmvetco.org is an amazing site. I've been sitting here looking at it and looking at all the things that you can do. I mean, there's all sorts of resources. There's training programs, farming resources, financing for your farm, everything that a veteran needs to know to be able to get into farming or, or some sort of ag program. I mean, it's, it's just amazing to me. 
And I'm sure that the donations are really important to help keep this program going. They are, truly are because, you know, we do get grant money, but that runs the program. They've still got to pay for keeping the lights on. And right now, as we, as our country is in recession, I think a lot of nonprofits are seeing a few wallets closed uh, as everyone is unsure about, uh, you know, just, price of inputs on their farms as well as, uh, you know, just job, the job market, et cetera. So we strongly, uh, you know, and it's, it's sad because this is a time where the need is the highest too. So any support is greatly appreciated. Yeah, I was looking at the Rodale Institute in Pennsylvania, and that's where there are classes that you can go and take and you apply for this is what it looks like. Yep, so I'll be talking about the program in our, in our next segment, that's, but that's, that's part of our AgVest program, Yay. and they're one of, our, one of our partners. Well, I'll look forward to hearing that. And I'd like to remind everyone, if you're not driving, to go to their website, which is farm, F-A-R-M, bet, B-E-T-C-O, dot org, if you're not driving. So, um, hey, we got a great uh, uh, guest host today, Sonia Howell. This is uh, another one of her wonderful guests. Uh, she's with Geo Ranch, and uh, the guest today is Janet Lombardo, who's the executive director of Farmer Veteran Coalition. So uh, we got a great show. We got we got about halfway through here. Uh, hey, we'd like to thank our sponsor, LandHub.com. Are you looking to buy or sell land? LandHub.com previews thousands of properties nationwide. Hey, welcome back to Let's Talk Land. With We're with Jeanette Lombardo of the Farmer Veteran Coalition. And here in this segment, she's going to tell us a little bit about the Stakeholders Conference coming up this fall. And we're going to go a little deeper into some of the programs and resources. So, Jeanette, with that, please, please go ahead. Yeah. So, um, for beginning farmers and ranchers, um, you know, one of the, our programs, that's one of the older ones and most recognized is our Farmer Veteran Fellowship Fund. And this is a, a fund where we receive donations um, in from a number of funders, and we um, issue grants out. In, and they're sort of like microloans from uh, in the amount of uh, $1,000 to $5,000. And they can purchase um equipment and other related supplies that are going to help them start their agricultural um, business. We have started this in 2011, and we've given over $4 million in grants uh, to close to 1,000 farmers. So uh, we had some major supporters from Wounded Warrior Project to Kubota Tractor Company, uh, Tractor Supply Company, uh, Farm Credit System. So we, um, you know, to, you know, a lot of people think, well, that's not that much money. But when you're starting a brand new operation and you need a, um, processing equipment or um, a chute for your cattle or fencing, um, we, we've seen everybody purchase anything you could possibly imagine. Uh, so the fellowship fund really helps them out. And we just did that. Uh, we closed that, that cycle and, and did a work just in time for spring planning. And um, so the, the next thing is Kubota is one of our um, anchor sponsors, 
Care to Give program has been around since 2015, and they give five pieces of equipment out every year uh, to those folks that need a tractor uh, to, to grow their organization to the next level. And so far, we have given out 36 pieces of equipment, um, you know, with that program. And they give one tractor out for each. They have five districts across the country, uh, so they do one um, every year. The second, well, that would be the third program that we do that everyone loves is our Homegrown by Heroes label. So when our, our farmers first stop, start their their business, most of them like to go either into um, direct sales at a road stand, some at the end of their driveway, um, some like to sell at farmer's markets, some like to work, sell through CSAs, and so they um, want to put a label on to help their, their products stand out in these market uh, places, and they use the Homegrown by Heroes label. And it's an official uh, Barbenture branding program that we have, and it certifies that ranchers, farmers, foresters, fishermen uh, can sell their products um, as a veteran-owned and produced. And it has um, strict requirements to be certified. You have to be 50% owner of your operation, and if you do a value-added product, it needs to be like 50% from a veteran-owned farm. Um, we work with the State Departments of Agriculture uh, and do blended logos with some of them. Um, also, previously in the, in the prior segment, I indicated that we have, um, we're doing some online sales now to increase market access that happened uh, during the pandemic. And we use uh, a new company called Market Maker. And uh, they do online sales, so you could uh, go in there, and if you're looking for a couple crates of peaches to put up for the winter, you can find the farmer in your area uh, where you can where you can get those. So we currently have close to 2,900 uh, veteran certified um, homegrown by hero uh, farmers across the country. Um, we also have a program for ag careers. So I had talked about, you know, there's two pathways. You can either start your own farm or work in the agricultural sector. So Ag Careers is um, an international placement agency that um, provides talent to the agricultural and food industry. And we're just now in the process of rolling that out. You'll see it on our website shortly. And um, they have an Ag Warriors program that assists veterans in their search uh, of careers in the ag and food industry space. So we'll be incorporating that into our program. Um, so people can go in there and fill out a profile, click that they're a veteran, and those agencies looking uh, for veterans, which a lot of them, you know, veterans, one thing I will say is they are very mission-driven, and agriculture requires that. You don't stop until the job is done, and that is, why so many people want to hire veterans. Uh, we also have another program, it's our Career uh, Pathway Program, and we're piloting that this year with Kubota. Um, they are looking for 1,800 mechanics in their dealerships across the country, and they have um, a certification process, 
certification process to get their mechanics up and running to work on their equipment. And we're helping them um, put people through those classes. Um, but also, we have our grants that we do. Oh, wait, before, before I leave programs. So we're, we are starting to set up some new programs as we become a, a national organization uh, for in mentorship, um, in volunteer programs. Uh, we are looking at a food safety program and a market access or, or procurement program. Uh, so you'll be seeing more of that at our conference, which I'll talk about later, but also um, we'll be rolling those programs out over the next year or so. But we, have a, we are involved in a lot of grants and have been for years. Uh, one of them, which we truly love to do because um, it's such a good fit with our members, is so we have the um, AgVet. And basically the purpose of the AgVet grant is um, for the veteran to gain knowledge and skills through a sort of comprehensive, hands-on, model of, of farming and ranch programs. And um, they're offered, they're normally offered, um, we, we picked four this year, partners across the country to partner with, uh, and they're sort of regional, um, and they really help aid in the success of the farmer. Um, so we have uh, Archie's Acres, which is out of Pennsylvania, although I think they have, I'm sorry, Rodell Institute out of Pennsylvania. Uh, and they have several locations throughout the country, um, but they're well known for their organic program. Uh, we have Archie's Acres, which is in San Diego, um, and does a lot in the uh, produce specialty crop um, arena. We have the Dairy Grazer Apprenticeship Program, which covers 11 states across the Northeast. Um, and again, very important industry. Um, and then we have Battleground to Breaking Ground, which is at Texas A&M. Um, and again, it's a very inclusive uh, training program uh, to help people with all aspects um, from food safety to OSHA requirements to um, just you name it. Anything that touches agricultural, uh, they, help, they help folks with that. Uh, we currently have a cooperative agreement with the USDA um, that allows us to work a lot with uh, underserved producers to help them secede. Um, we, I didn't mention this earlier, but FBC, our membership, we have about 84% um, men, about 16% women, about 59% have service-connected disabilities. Um, so we work a lot with agroability, which helps farmers who have disabled, uh, disabilities, whatever it may be. We have folks that have maybe just hearing impairment or vision loss, all the way to multiple amputations. So uh, agroability helps them continue to have um, the quality of life they want and run their operations um, and continue to run their operations with their disability. But we have all branches of service. We have every race and ethnicity. So basically, our membership mirrors the armed forces. And, you know, we, we're probably heavy on the Army side. Navy comes in second, then Air Force. Uh, 
sort of where we're at. Probably 75% of our membership is post 9-11. So um, just to give you a little bit of background of, uh, you know, the underserved, what's um, considered underserved uh, is, is throughout the whole entire country. Um, we do a lot with the Native American Agricultural Fund. Um, we do, uh, and I'll talk, talk to you a little bit about that in a minute, but we, we provide uh, financial literacy. We really do a lot of introductions to the USDA programs. They have so much to offer uh, growers, and it, it, it's just, if you go to their website, you could become overwhelmed. Uh, we actually help people apply. We do a sort of a case management approach. Um, so that they can uh, finish the process and, and, and get the tools that they need to be successful. Um, and we help a lot with technical farming uh, and, and peer support. The Native American Ag Fund is a new partner for us, and they're in the middle of, um, you know, during COVID, the reservations throughout the country were hit hard. A lot of the um, farm aid uh, boxes that uh, were handed, that were given out from with USDA went to reservations, and I think the uh, leaders in the Native American ag community said, you know, that's not going to happen again. And they, if you look on their website, they have a great uh, white paper they've published that deals with reimaging Native food economies, and it talks about building these hubs and not only growing food, but, you know, putting in storage and doing distribution and um, logistics and, and you know, teaching their children through the 4-H and FFA programs about farming and, um, and not just farming, but also, you know, uh, being chefs and, and, you know, just, just every every possible piece of agriculture that it touches, it's a very thought out plan, and and we're hoping to be um, help make that first hub happen with them. Uh, we have quite a few members that have self identified as being um, from Native American uh, heritage. Um, we also are uh, in the middle right now of doing a program. Uh, with Climate Smart Ag um, grants. So they have been applied for and we're waiting to hear, but we had six partners reach out to us to be a part of that um, and for various different types of projects from green bonds to um, trying to figure out um, how much carbon is, is used in the agricultural process. Uh, so it could be documented on labels, um, keeping track of the type of uh, different tools uh, that are used, different methods of farming. Um, it's exciting. It's a very exciting time right now in agriculture. The innovation that is coming through, um, you, know, you know, for the farmers across this country do a great job. Um, we are the stewards of the land, and, you know, and we continue to innovate. Uh, you know, decade over decade, and really producing more food with less land, less water, less labor to feed more people. It's just, and it, that only happens with innovation. Um, so it's, it's a great 
talked a, a little bit about our state chapters. We, we do have 16 chapters currently formed. We have 12 that are in formation. Uh, and each of those state chapters have their own program uh, for regional uh, issues that are specific to their area. So um, we will be launching a new website shortly, and each of our chapters will have their own page. And so you can check in with their the local leadership and uh, see what they're up to there shortly. Um, we do have a stakeholder conference coming up this year in Oklahoma City. And uh, the first day is always great. It's going to be November 13th through um, 16th. And that conference, uh, the first day is we do some great farm tours and get to know the local agriculture in the area and some of the issues that they might be facing having that great networking event. And then we go into some, some programming uh, on every possible subject you can uh, imagine. Uh, this year, a lot of what, what I've been talking about on procurement, on um, food safety, on just, uh, we have a lot of growers come in on different um, types of operations and share their knowledge with the members and get, Members get to ask questions, you know, directly, and it's just a, a great, sort of like family uh, coming together, like a family reunion. It's right after Veterans Day and right before Thanksgiving. It's just wedged right in there, so it's perfect. Um, and I think that's about what I have to share with you today. I will tell you that uh, you're always welcome to contact me at um, Farmer Veteran Coalition. My email is Jeanette, J-E-A-N-E-T-T-E, at farmvetco.org. And our website is www.farmvetco.org. And we would love to hear from you if you're interested in, in exploring the opportunities that the agricultural sector um, has for you. Got some... One thing that I really love on your site, and that's the stories. Um, yeah. And you can even filter by member type and also by military branch. And I think that that's, I mean, I just think that that's a great way to, you know, introduce someone new to something they can do. And so I, I hope the new site will also include that segment. Oh, yes, yes. Good. We've got about eight minutes left, guys. Teresa, you got some questions? Well, I was going to ask them. I was trying to find the – I found the map earlier. I okay. was trying to figure out, you know, what states. Uh -huh. does, it, does it even matter what state that you're in? I mean, I guess anyone can contact them through the website to get in touch with them. Right. Let's see. What is it? And I lost so my, I I lost my connection. Yeah, I lost my connection. Oh, no. Yes, I was trying to get my site back up. What what state are your chapters in, Jen? That's what I was curious about. So we have um, a number of states uh, that have chapters. We have, like I said, some that are in formation. Um, the best thing to do is, you know, um, is to join Farmer Veteran Coalition and get in our database. Um, we send a membership list out to the chapters on a quarterly basis, 
and they contact uh, the folks locally. There's no fee to join. Never, we we want to make sure all the veterans can join. Um, but you know, the local chapter will be emailing you about functions they're having. They have an annual meeting once a year, and they may work uh, several different ag trade shows or um, go to different seminars at universities in their area. So they'll invite their members to their local activities um, there. But um, we do have a lot of chapters. We're getting a lot up right now in the mountain regions, Wyoming, um, um, Montana, Idaho, Colorado, uh, New Mexico, Arizona, Nevada. Um, and that's actually um, has brought new relations. Uh, that's the cattle, the cattle part of the country. Uh, so we really have gotten into the ranch, the ranching um, aspects lately, and done some. Um, some great events with the PBR and um, the Cattlemen Association. So there's um, always new uh, new things happening and exciting things happening. But if you don't know if there's a chapter or not, contact us at our support uh, email, and we can uh, reach out. And if there is one forming, we can connect you with a formation group, and you can help be part of the initial leadership uh, in that group. So that's at support at farmsetco.org. So you have a staff base, and then uh, and then everything else is volunteer, right? Is that correct? I'm sorry? You have a staff base at these chapters, and then anything else is volunteer. So if Teresa and I wanted, there's say there's a chapter here in North Carolina that we wanted to get involved in, uh, we just contact them, and if we wanted to volunteer or, or if we have uh, uh, skills, or, or, or things that we can contribute, money we can contribute, equipment we can contribute. Uh, we do that through the local chapters. Is that correct? So the the most of our chapters are all volunteer, um, and so you can you can contact them uh, directly. We can give you the information for the president of the group or the communication specialist. Um, donations for the chapter. Or, or our national organization can be made online at the donate button. You would just need to put uh, what kind, what state you wanted to donate to. So, for example, North Carolina. In your example, you could put North Carolina, and uh, Levee is down there, and she's fabulous, and I, and she would put your your money to good use uh, there locally. Okay. And I noticed that you can also join as an associate member of the national organization. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so we have a lot of folks uh, who aren't veterans, but, you know, uh, they they love veterans, and they want to get our newsletter, and they want to know about what we're, what we're up to, and, and sometimes even volunteer with some of our, our national projects, so... Uh, we put them on our newsletter, and and we um, and their associate members, and, and we we love them all. They're um, it's just really a tight a tight knit community. So, yep, and there's there's no use to be an associate member either. So, well, yeah, that that sounds great. Okay, I'm, I, I heard you, I think I understood you to say that it doesn't cost anything to join. Right. But it says here about what does FVC membership get me? 
So I, I, yep. I guess that uh, it, it still doesn't cost anything, but so you get something for free. <laughs> Teresa. Teresa's always looking for a bargain. Absolutely. We have, um, we have organizations that reach out to us that want to offer discounts to farmers. Oh. So we have some honeybee suppliers. Um, we have some, uh, you know, different implement companies, uh, different uh, workwear, boots, you know, whatever you can, tools, anything you can think of. Um, and we offer those membership discounts uh, to our members and to help them get their farms up and going because everything is expensive. So, um and especially when you're starting out new from scratch. Got about three minutes left, guys. Also, I didn't mention, um, in case we have any veterans listening, because we do have members that are, um, you know, not just veterans, but also currently active. Um, you know, well, whilst we have retired, reserve, active duty, uh, separated, and National uh, Guard service members. So we... Um, do have a combined federal campaign uh, if anyone's interested in supporting us in that manner our number there is 25771 and um, you know I think a lot of veterans like to donate to us because it, it really does help us uh, sort of play it forward um, and that's what we see really in our fellowship fund actually too is previous winners um, donating uh, so that the next veterans coming up in line will have the same opportunities that they did. So it's um, again very it's very rewarding when we see that uh, happening as people just coming back and helping um, and helping others. So Janet, I got a question for you. Sure. What makes you get up in the morning? <laughs> <laughs> You know, every day is different at this job, uh, depending on what's happening in the world. But solving problems and feeding people, I, I think that, uh, if I was to say, that's what God put me on earth to do. Good for you. And it can be overwhelming at times because there's a lot of pieces to that puzzle. Um, but I think, again, Everything that's happened to me in my life has equipped me uh, to do that and to help other people uh, do that. And it is it is hard. It's, I'm not going to lie. The work is hard. The circumstances in which we have to grow Imagine. right now are hard. Um, the markets are hard. Um, but, you know, the farmers aren't going anywhere. They, they dealt with this since the beginning of time and they just keep morphing and changing and innovating and they're still here and that's you got to love them you just you know they're the sort of the underdog but they are you know if we can't feed our our own people we'll, we'd be in a lot of trouble and the population's only grown so we need more farmers and i hope some of the people here listening if they're not a veteran uh, maybe they know someone and they can send them our way and we could we get them started on their journey. Well, I can understand why your organization interviewed 300 people and you were selected. You've been an incredible uh, guest today. Uh, something that I, uh, uh, you've got my heart beating over here and Teresa's, uh, I want to know more about and possibly get involved. But um, it's um, 
what a wonderful show, guys. Uh, and thank you, Sonia, for uh, introducing us to her. Um, Janet, you gave it uh, how to get in touch with you. Would you mind repeating that, uh, if you would? Your maybe uh, your web, your uh, email, and your phone number. Sure, sure. So it's um, the, our website is www.farmvetco.org, and our my uh, support email is support um, at farmvetco.org, and our phone number is uh, area code five three zero seven five six. Perfect. Thank you. And, Sonia, thank you for being our guest host today. And how do they get in touch with you, Sonia? Um, GeoRanch.com. All of my contact information is, is right on the site. Perfect. Perfect. Hey, thank you for joining us today. Let us know how you like the show. If you have any questions or topics you'd like to suggest, we'd appreciate them. All of our questions are welcome, and all of our guests Maybe email with your questions as well. This show is for the public and most importantly for our real estate agents who do not have a source of land education. All of our, all of our shows are downloaded after the show today on our master website, which is www.letstalkland.net. You can also find us on Spotify and Podbean. Our sponsor is LandHub.com, and we really appreciate. If you're looking to buy or sell land, LandHub.com previews thousands of properties nationwide. Teresa, how do they get in touch with you? They can email me at Teresa, T-E-R-E-S-A, dot MyLandPro at gmail.com, or call me at 336-209-2937. My email is Lou, L-O-U, at MyLandPro.com. My cell number is 336 336- 669-1405. Rodney, how do they get in touch with us here? Well, Lou, they can go to our website. Go to WKTE1090.com and uh, see all the programming we have here on WKTE. Mm. Yeah, And also, they can tune us in on the website or go to the Simple Radio app. How simple is it? Pretty simple, isn't it, right, Teresa? That's right, Rodney. That's right. How about Shadow? Shadow can do it, too. Oh, right. Yeah. And that's where you can listen to this in the universe, right? That's right. That's right. We do have an international audience, I've found out. Quite yeah. a big one. Mm-hmm. So, uh, um, and Teresa, you want to be happy? I want to stay happy for the rest of my life, if that's possible. Well, well what do you do? You just listen <laughs> to? listen to WKTE. That's it. Happy listen music. to happy music. We only play happy music. That's mm-hmm. right. And we won some nice awards, right? Yeah, seven years in a row at the top radio station for Beach and Oldies on the East Coast. Wow. And you won a nice award, too, right? Yeah, the Reader's Choice Announcer of the Year Award. Announcer of the Year Award. Mm-hmm. Hmm. <laughs> 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 and I'd like to, re- I'd like to remind our, our listeners that uh, we're going to have open house of our new office in Pilot Mountain at 207 East Main Street. That's right. And that will be during the uh, monthly during the summer, a uh, car show, and usually we have eight or 10,000 people. Mm-hmm. So and there's a band playing, and there's all kinds of stuff. It so, is. And we'll be there. Yes, we'll uh, be there WKTE live. live. Mm-hmm. And uh, so uh, with some nice gifts. And the whole gang will be there. And the whole gang. That's right. Including Shadow. Including Shadow. So we'll see you next week, and we appreciate you. God bless you. Have a good day.